Hey everybody, welcome to the podcast. Uh, first of all, I want to thank you guys. Believe it or not, our last episode was actually episode number 50. I was so caught up in talking about Star Wars, I didn't get a chance to even talk about that. Uh, I really want to thank everybody uh, for listening, for watching the show. You're basically the main reason why this show even exists. Um, I want to wish everybody a happy holidays. Uh, and yeah, so, you know, here's to 50 more and 50 more beyond that and 50 more beyond that. Hopefully each show gets better and better uh, and it definitely does with your support. So thank you so much for watching, for listening, for subscribing, for liking, for sharing everything that you do, guys. It means so much to me. So there's so much to talk about on this episode. I'm going to go ahead and get started. So the first was actually the screen capture uh, that they had of LeBron James going up against the Lakers. And he's kind of covering his mouth as he's talking to Lonzo Ball here. So I had some fun with it. I said that LeBron is saying, nobody knows this, bro, but I might just be coming to L.A. next year. So, you know, keep it quiet, bro. So I thought that was pretty funny. Uh, Baseball continues to have lots of movement, including today, which we're going to be talking about. But uh, Ken Rosenthal tweeted out that a source confirms to him Carlos Santana is in agreement with the Phillies. Three years, $60 million, as first reported by John Heyman. So that's pretty crazy. Uh, Then Cozart had a deal with the Angels for three years and $38 million. Uh, Ken Rosenthal said that Cozart will play third base for the Angels. Reported their interest yesterday. This ends any chance of them signing free agent Mike Moustakis. Uh, then there was this, we were talking about net neutrality before. Uh, if you go to the Wayback Machine, and that's an awesome site, if you've never gone to the Wayback Machine website, I highly recommend it. You could put in literally any website and it will show you what it looked like in the past. Uh, and it, go, it can go back pretty far. <laughs> um, so using that, uh, they captured with, Wayback, with the Wayback Machine promises that Comcast made if net neutrality was to be removed. Now, John Henshaw did a lot of research into this, obviously, because he used the Wayback Machine, number one. But number two, he talked about what was removed from Comcast page after the net neutrality uh, got removed by the FCC, uh, or voted anyways to do that. So they no longer promised to not throttle back the speed at which content comes to you, not prioritize internet traffic or create paid fast lanes, or make internet accessible to low-income families. So pretty much what you fear coming true. Uh, Then Chris Hardwick tweeted out, uh, I love you, Ryan Johnson. I thought Last Jedi was incredible. I may have had leaky eyes a few times during it. Thank you for making a wonderful Star Wars film. And really, Chris Hardwick is, is picking up where I left off in the last podcast. The Last Jedi, to me, was probably one of the best Star Wars movies of all time. Um, you know, there was a large piece of it where it kind of felt, you know, especially at the beginning, like, man, like, where is this going? But they really, really did a good job, I felt like. Uh, and, and as I was saying in the last episode, it makes me interested to see what's going to happen next with Star Wars. So very cool stuff. Uh, Jim Trotter tweeted out that uh, file to ESPN, Panthers owner Jerry Richardson being investigated for alleged workplace misconduct. So there's another one that you can add Uh, to that long growing list unfortunately Uh, then there's a saying that pressure makes diamonds and I found this image and I wanted to share it with you guys it's also on my Instagram as well as my Twitter Uh, pressure makes diamonds I thought that that's a really good uh, saying it has been for a long time very true and really cool image there that they have for that Uh, then there was a a classic bit that Sam Kennison did Sam Kennison's actually going to be having a, a well, it's not his special, but it's a documentary special about him. Obviously, Sam Kennison uh, gone way too soon. Uh, but you could argue that he was one of the greatest comedians of all time. Um, and there was a bit that he had, which was a classic one that I wanted to play for you guys, just to give you a taste on what his style was like in case you may have never seen him. I read the paper. They said that a group of homosexual necrophiliacs and we're going around to mortuaries, offering them money 
let them come in at night, spend a couple hours undisturbed with the freshest male corpse. I wasn't trying to sell this as a fucking home game, all right? It's a story I read, folks. Jesus Christ, give me a chance to do some journalistic reporting here, will ya? I felt the same way. I read this thing and went, oh, oh! Oh, thanks for the visual! Hey, I felt sorry for these corpses, man. I mean, you'd think death would be bad enough, wouldn't you? I mean, the one thing that scares the shit out of everybody is death. You don't want to think about it. You don't joke about it. You put it out of your mind. But you figure if you faced it, that's it. What could be worse than fucking death? You figure, I got past death. I mean, you hated it, but at least you lived through it. You know, you got by it and all that shit. I felt sorry for these corpses because I know these guys were laying out on slabs. They're in there going, well, well life was tough and uh, yeah, it was pretty hard to live up to. But, uh, I have I faced death and I'm glad I went through it. And... Uh, well, I'm just, I'm, now I'm ready to spend eternity in heaven and be with Jesus and rock of ages. Hey! Hey, what's this shit? Oh, I don't believe this! There's a guy's dick in my ass! Oh, you mean life keeps fucking in the ass even after you're dead? Oh, never ends, it never ends! Oh! So obviously just a taste of Sam Kennison, but one of his probably one of his greatest bits. Uh, very funny stuff, uh, and it stands up. Like that's the thing. Like even in today's time, usually comedy doesn't always age well. That's still a funny bit even to this day. Um, the Giants very active, and we'll get into more of that towards the end of this podcast. Uh, especially today, they've been active. Um, but the Giants traded Matt Moore to the Texas Rangers for prospects, so that was uh, tweeted out by John Shea. Uh, then Doug Benson tweeted out a band I had totally forgotten about. Uh, he was saying, I've heard that Eve Six song about a tender heart in a blender twice in as many days, and I don't mind it. Uh, so actually, I went back and listened to a few Eve Six songs, because I totally forgot about that band, but they do have a couple of good songs. Uh, reminds you of like the nine, late 90s, early 2000s as well. Uh, then, I was saying, because uh, recently the Raptors played the Brooklyn Nets, which features Damari Carroll, but Damari Carroll suspiciously wasn't playing that game. Uh, I was saying, Damari Carroll is better served discussing what's wrong with the Leafs than he is the Raptors tonight, after the Raptors absolutely spanked uh, the Brooklyn Nets. Uh, then there was this cool image, uh, which shows up decently on the screen there. Um, but basically, it, it's showing a, a mountain lion right in front of the Hollywood sign. Uh, so pretty cool image. Uh, if you really want to check it out, twitter.com, or uh, you can see it on our Instagram as well. Either way, slash the John D. Newton. Uh, really cool image, I thought. Uh, Billionaire Mindset tweeted out, we don't lose friends, we just learned who our real ones are. I thought that was a really good tweet. Um, and then Mark Feinsand tweeted out, according to a source, the Yankees have agreed to a one-year deal with CC Sabathia worth $10 million. The deal is pending a physical. So CC is back with the Yankees. Uh, there was a lot of rumors that he might be going to the Blue Jays because of his relationship uh, that he had back with Cleveland with Shapiro. Uh, but that obviously is not going to happen, at least not this year. Uh, which I think, you know, isn't the worst thing because I don't know, you know, he... he he might fit some needs for the Blue Jays, but I don't know if he would have been worth the money. And honestly, I still feel like the Blue Jays need to hit the reset button, but that's just me. Uh, clearly, it doesn't seem like anybody in the front office with the Blue Jays is saying the same thing. Uh, Uberfax tweeted out, researchers have found a way to hack into almost any device using only the sound of a computer's fans. That's really crazy. Uh, then Kevin Pereira tweeted out, the EPA is using taxpayer dollars to track the press. Again, just, you know, where your tax dollars go. We've talked about this on the podcast so many times. Just an absolute waste of money. Uh, the New York Times tweeted out that the Pentagon has acknowledged a secret program to investigate UFOs. It began in 2007 as a pet project of Harry Reid. Uh, so yeah, if you do a little bit more research into this, you'll see that Harry Reid 
uh, one of his donators who contributed a lot, or one of his contributors, I guess you should say, uh, that contributed a lot into his campaign has an interest for UFOs, and that's why Harry Reid started this project. Uh, but if you're interested, you can check out the story on the New York Times website. Um, but once I found out about that, it was like, okay, well, that pretty much explains it. Um, Festive Stick tweeted out that Melnick strikes me as the type who'd complain about how tight money is to his kids as they're opening their Christmas presents. So uh, a bit of a joke there based on what uh, Melnick was saying to the media uh, during the outdoor game. And to be honest, like, I understand where Melnick's coming from to a certain extent. Number one, how much the media has been hounding him to get that out of him. Uh, because before that time, he was saying the right things. He was saying he's going to keep the team in Ottawa uh, or Canada, where, where they're playing right now. Um, and, and, you know, he wasn't saying anything that would really upset anybody. Uh, but for whatever reason, maybe it was just because the media kept pushing him uh, he seemed like he just kind of snapped a little bit and was saying that, well, you know, if the team's not selling out and to sell out there, they're looking at like 13,000, which isn't even really that much. Um, you know, he's drawing comparisons with, you know, if you're running a grocery store and nobody's there, but then there's a grocery store down the street that has, you know, a line outside. Um, you know, he, he's, he's talking about trying to run this team spend as much money as they're spending, not have the attendance that they're looking for, uh, and, and keeping the team in Ottawa, it doesn't seem like something that he would be interested in. Um, obviously, what's lost in that conversation and what he doesn't really talk about publicly is revenue sharing, uh, where basically teams like the Toronto Maple Leafs that just print money give some of that money to the lesser teams like the Hurricanes, the Islanders, and the Senators. So. You know, it's interesting that he never really talks about that. Uh, but, you know, a lot of Ottawa Senators fans were not happy with what he had to say, especially because of the timing of it. You know, with it being the outdoor game, they were hoping that it would be more of something to celebrate. And instead, you know, they have to worry, is their team still going to be in Ottawa, you know, a year from now, five years from now? Uh, Bonks Mullet tweeted out, I won't be watching the game today. Could have been fun, but I have no interest in supporting Melnick's organization. It's a small act, but it's something. Hashtag Melnick out. So that hashtag was trending on Twitter throughout the day uh, for that outdoor game. Uh, Aaron tweeted out, I'm also not watching the game today. I've watched almost every game this season, even through the slump. Melnick ruined an event that was to be something special with international attention on the Senators but instead used his platform to embarrass us on an, as an organization. So, you know, pretty similar thoughts by a lot of Senators fans. Um, you know, it's definitely unfortunate, but it's interesting too because when Melnick was saying that, you could see that there's a lot of truth to what he was saying. Um, whether you like it or not, if you're a Senators fan or not, um, you know, it seems like the pressure's on uh, the fans and the owner to figure things out otherwise the team could get relocated uh, I doubt to Quebec because it doesn't seem like Batman has that interest uh, Montreal certainly doesn't have that interest uh, Houston probably is more likely uh, Seattle probably also uh, but I, I would put Quebec probably as a distant third compared to those other two options as far as how Gary Batman looks at it uh, Ken Rosenthal tweeted out that just announced the Dodgers get Matt Kemp from the Braves for Adrian Gonzalez, Scott Casimir, Brandon McCarthy, Charlie Culberson, and Cash. Uh, so sources say that Kemp is unlikely to play for the Dodgers and he's a strong candidate to be traded or released. And the Braves' logic when it comes to this is to clear Kemp's 2019 salary of $21.5 million and create a spot for Acuna at some point improving their left field defense. McCarthy joins the rotation, Kazmir could be a lottery ticket for them, and Culberson is a backup shortstop. Gonzalez, McCarthy, Kazmir salaries all go off the books after this year, so seemingly it's going to free up some money for the Braves as well. Uh, then there was this clip uh, from Now This, uh, where a millionaire reveals how his taxes uh, would, it, would be after the GOP tax plan and how it would favor the wealthy. 
so if you're interested, you can check that out, twitter.com slash thejohndnewton, it's right there. Uh, then the FCC did a video uh, where they were trying to, I guess, be funny about what they were doing with net neutrality, and in it they were using the Harlem Shake video, uh, which may actually violate copyright law, so that's pretty funny considering they're the FCC. Uh, then Captain Common Sense tweeted out that director James Gunn is losing fans with every one-sided political tweet he makes. You're alienating half your audience and I'm losing interest fast. So James Gunn responded to that tweet and said, In my years on social networking, I've never spoken out politically, but we're in a national crisis with an incompetent president forging a full-blown attack on facts and journalism in the style of Hitler and Putin. I'm okay with losing fans with my choice to speak out. So uh, kudos to James Gunn for, for doing that, I would say. Uh, Ken Rosenthal also tweeted out that in regards to that trade between the Dodgers and the Braves, uh, the trade is effectively cash neutral overall, but will get the Dodgers under the $197 million luxury tax threshold for 2018. Kemp's money spread out over two years. Uh, the three players that the Braves are getting, all one-year guys, and Atlanta will designate Gonzalez for assignment, enabling him to be a free agent. Uh, then there was some really crazy news uh, from December 15th uh, from Brad Shepard saying that Vince McMahon is looking to actually bring back the XFL and may announce it on January 25th, 2018. Uh, so that's seemingly pretty crazy, but if you watch the ESPN 30 for 30 documentary that they did, uh, that was the XFL. Um, it was very interesting at the end to see Vince McMahon talking with Dick Ebersol from NBC, who used to be with NBC, and how they were really talking about how they could bring the XFL, or, or at least how they can make it work in today's world, uh, where they were talking about during the NFL's offseason, playing in those stadiums and bringing in revenue into those stadiums when the NFL is not, play, not playing there, um, which makes a lot of sense, actually. Um, so it'll be interesting to see what happens with that, but uh, I wouldn't be surprised if they do bring it back just based on that conversation they had alone um, at the end of that documentary. Uh, Uberfax tweeted out, I had no idea about this, this was pretty interesting. David Bowie once had a heart attack during a performance. He paused for 30 minutes and then he continued with the show. That's pretty crazy. Um, Billionaire Mindset tweeted out, loyalty is royalty. And Gizmodo tweeted out, boy, I sure wonder why the CDC has banned staff from using a bunch of words like evidence-based. Uh, and they've got a, a page on that for Gizmodo. And then there was this image of a small Christmas tree with a crate around it. Uh, Mark Tierney tweeting out, it's a magical winter wonderland at Houston Station, um, clearly. <laughs> uh, then there was this image where you see the tree kind of hitting into the pipes there. Uh, Chris Sawyer was saying, and where do you think the best spot would be for the Christmas tree in a three-story high aircraft hangar of a building at Stratford Station. Uh, so literally it looks like they could have placed it anywhere else, but they decided to put it right where that piping is. And Ollie Raymond tweeted out, sausage names in Scotland are kind of weird. Uh, this one is called the Wee Skinny Malinkies. Uh, so that is pretty weird. And then Allison Thulis tweeted out, this is how cold Glasgow is right now. And it shows a can and everything that's pouring out of it just turned to ice. And Scott McGreedy tweeted out, I have so many questions uh, with an image of <laughs> a DVD for a movie called Bone Alone. Uh, I would imagine somewhat based on the movie Home Alone. Uh, then Amber Athey tweeted out that NBC confirmed to Daily Caller that an assistant producer on Chris Matthews' show made a sexual harassment claim against him in 1999, and the woman received a severance payment when she left the network. So 
We've already talked about one person earlier in the podcast. Now this is number two. Uh, again, it really does seem like every day there's somebody else uh, that's involved with this. Uh, Lee Camp tweeted out that WikiLeaks reveals that the alcohol industry responsible for 88,000 deaths yearly bribed Congress to demonize marijuana. So I don't think that's really much of a surprise to anybody, but it's interesting that that's come to light. Uh, then Design Fries tweeted out Joe to Joe Rogan, uh, Joe, some of the best Aikido moves I've seen were used. Uh, excuse me, Joe, some of the best Aikido moves I've seen used were done by Larry Curley and Mo. <laughs> so I thought that was pretty good. Uh, Steve Herman tweeted out uh, the Kremlin says that Russia President uh, Putin thanks the President for intelligence from the CIA that thwarted terrorist attack on a cathedral in St. Petersburg, and I was saying, and the mutual stroking began. Uh, then there was this clip, which I thought was interesting. Uh, you can check it out on YouTube. Uh, Macaulay Culkin was involved in an indie wrestling match uh, where he was actually using two Home Alone tricks in this match. So one of them, he rolled in some marbles and they tripped, and then the other one, there was a tall wrestler that was holding up a string with a can and he used it to hit one of the other wrestlers, so I thought that was pretty funny. Uh, then for Christmas church signs, there was this image, Christmas, a story about a Middle East family seeking refuge. And Salome Anderson tweeted out, Fox News throwing the C word around with the kind of carelessness I've only seen in the Middle East. So what they were saying on Fox News was that there's a coup in America and Kevin Barron responded saying, coup, I cover wars, militaries, actual coups, where citizens violently rise up and kill each other for power over each other. This is alarmingly irresponsible language even for Fox, inflammatory, baseless, and dangerous. And then, just the other day, I was thinking of a great idea for a travel show. I was saying the cold open would be me saying, Hi, everybody. I'm in fill-in-the-blank city, and I'm going to tell you why this place sucks. <laughs> and then the intro music would start. Uh, then there was this tweeted out by Chase Sherman from the UFC. Grown men watch this, and it shows ROH uh, wrestling, where they're just drop-kicking and missing each other. Um... I'm ashamed to say that I actually watched that too, so I just found it funny though. Uh, speaking of wrestling, WWE Creative Humor tweeted out, if we're doing uh, AJ Styles versus Jinder Mahal tonight, what are we going to do at WrestleMania? And I was saying, and will it involve John Cena? Hmm. Um, interesting though, obviously in that match, AJ Styles ended up winning. Um, It'll be interesting to see if John Cena comes along and takes the title, and then it'll be John Cena as champion taking on Jinder Mahal at WrestleMania, or if somehow Jinder Mahal still gets the championship and then goes on to take on John Cena at WrestleMania. But I would be really shocked if they went in any other direction, even though I think the fans want to see it. I think the fans would love to see AJ Styles defend his title against Shinsuke Nakamura. I would be shocked if... Vince and WWE is really listening to the crowd because uh, it would be the first time really since Daniel Bryan uh, at WrestleMania that they would have done that. So, you know, we'll see what happens, but I, I assume something's going to happen where either Cena or Jinder Mahal will end up winning the championship somehow before WrestleMania to set up a match between Cena and Mahal. I just don't know who's going to be the champion going into it, but that seems to be the direction that they want to go in. Uh, then, I didn't know this, but I thought this was interesting. The French used to cut off the English's index and middle fingers uh, to prevent them from using their bow and arrow, so when they were you know, pulling it back. Um, fast forward to today, where the index and middle finger represents a fuck-off of sorts, so I thought that was pretty interesting, uh, the origin story of how that came to be. Um, then WWE Creative Humor tweeted out, We will take... Dolph Ziggler's non-entrance over Baron Corbin's theme every Rusev day of the week. Uh, 
then I had to laugh because uh, Corey Graves sometimes will, will say some funny things that are kind of unscripted. And one of the things that he was saying was uh, there was a foreign announced team. I think it was the German announced team. I can't remember. But the guy was wearing like a bow tie and he looked like a kid. And sure enough, Graves did get the announcer. Congratulations on his 11th birthday. <laughs> I thought that was pretty good. Uh, then also a clash of champions. At one point in the match, uh, Baron Corbin almost pulled a Hogan with his shirt. He was trying to tear it, but he couldn't do it all the way. Um, and also at the Class of Champions, if the Happy Rusev Day shirt isn't the top seller this Christmas, then the universe has got it wrong. Based on the support he was getting at the Class of Champions, I wouldn't be shocked if that shirt doesn't become one of the top sellers. Uh, and even crazier, the crowd actually wanted them to do an encore as they were singing Rusev Day. Uh, that goes to show you how crazy 2017 has been. Uh, and then New Day uh, was, of course, using their pancakes as always. And I was saying, I hope Kevin Owens didn't plan on having pancakes from catering. Hashtag booty powder mix. Uh, then also at the Clash of Champions, look for the Usos album Lockdown available on iTunes this Tuesday. Uh, if you watch Clash of Champions, they came out singing uh, 12 Days of Christmas, but with Lockdown as part of it. It um, wasn't quite as good as Rusev Day. Uh, they probably should have stopped where they were ahead. Uh, then WWE Creative Humor said, We don't have a pyro budget, but we have a pancake budget. And I was saying, one of these days, WWE will bring back Mr. Kennedy as a ring announcer, and he will introduce and from Charlotte, Charlotte. Uh, the longest part of this match for the Budgeons Brothers match, I said was going to be the Budgeon Brothers entrance, and I was pretty much right. Uh, and I ended up saying Chronic wins because everything about the Bludgeon Brothers reminds me of the tag team in WCW Chronic, including their finishing move. Um, and WWE Creative Humor saying, isn't this the reason why we keep teams like the Ascension on the roster? I hope so. I think that would be a great way for them to use the Ascension uh, to be the team to beat the Bludgeon Brothers uh, because they've just mishandled the Ascension since they brought called them up from NXT, really. Um, so it would be interesting to see if this is a way that they can breathe some new life into the Ascension, but that remains to be seen. Uh, then WWE Creative Humor said, at this point, Randy Horton's hair has to be because he lost a bet. And I was saying, or maybe he's just growing his hair back out uh, like he used to have when he first debuted. Uh, then there was this, which I thought was pretty crazy. Uh, this holiday season, enjoy a gen gender-bred person. Uh, this, I have no idea what the hell this is. Uh, but I was watching uh, Joe Rogan's podcast where he had on Jordan Peterson and they were talking about this and they were also talking about the gender unicorn uh, and I actually have to agree with what um, Peterson was saying to an extent he was saying that he fears for our kids futures with indoctrination such as the gender unicorn clearly designed for kids under the age of 12 and it's hard to argue with that uh, I really don't understand where this is coming from um, and I think that it's very strange for them to be discussing that with kids under the age of 12 to begin with so I, I would tend to agree with what Jordan Peterson's saying in a lot of respects with that uh, WWE Creative Humor also tweeted out there's no chance Vince McMahon is enjoying this match he's fixated on how Shane McMahon didn't tuck in his shirt so talking about as a referee Shane didn't have his shirt tucked in uh, Zane poured water on himself while Owens is all over the champagne. Uh, too much straight edge. Zane and Dasha influenced by CM Punk uh, on Talking Smack. Uh, then there was this, which actually does show up pretty well on the screen with Ginger Mahal during his match. And I would agree with Rovert, who tweeted out, What the heck? And this was an interesting image uh, from History and Picks. Uh, a little boy meets Andre the Giant in the 1970s. Uh, you can see the size difference there. Pretty interesting picture. Uh, Ken Rosenthal tweeted out, Bit of a surprise, the Red Sox signing a free agent Mitch Moreland to a two-year contract. So the Red Sox now 
obviously trying to compete with the Yankees and what the Yankees have been doing. And for some reason, this song keeps playing on shuffle no matter which device I've used. And I've used three different devices, an iPod, my iPhone, and my computer. And for some reason, Cakes the Distance continues to play on random shuffle no matter what. And I've got thousands of songs. It's actually, to me, starting to get creepy. It's a good song. Um, I wish I could actually play it. I was actually trying to play it uh, to do the intro for this show, but... I'm not that good of a guitar player. Uh, it is a good song, though. Uh, then there was this tweet. Uh, sp speaking of the Senators, the Sens logo before Eugene's comments and then after Eugene's comments. I thought that was pretty good. Uh, then Becky Lynch tweeted out to uh, Liv Tyler, I believe, as the wrestler's name. She's one of the new wrestlers that's debuted on Raw. Um, or excuse me, on SmackDown with the Riot Squad. And Becky Lynch was saying, and every time you wrestle, we all cringe on the outside. Um, and this gift's not working, but it basically shows her missing a slap, and it just really didn't look good. Uh, then Matthew from Botchamania tweeted out, so was Ginger doing Ryback's finisher a fuck you to the big guy for his steroid accusations this year? Or am I thinking too much? So he actually did do the finishing move that Ryback does. Uh, so pretty interesting observation by Matthew there. And again, for some reason that gift's not working. If you're interested, check it out. Twitter.com slash TheJohnDNewton. Uh, then there was this image, which is really creepy. Uh, somebody face-swapped Adam Driver, who plays Kylo, Kylo Ren in uh, Star Wars. Uh, face-swapped... Face Adam Driver and Keanu Reeves and you feel very confused and lost because they look pretty much exactly the same if not the same uh, some people were even saying like which one is Keanu and which one is Adam uh, it's pretty funny uh, image there uh, then on Monday Night Raw it was weird because they showed a flashback of August 1999 when Chris Jericho debuted in the WWF and it's weird because obviously Jericho is going to be competing for New Japan Pro Wrestling, but it actually I think goes to show you that what Jericho was saying about Vince and how Vince was all for it is probably true because I don't think they would be showing Chris Jericho if that wasn't the case. Uh, then just a few random brain droppings I had. Truth introduces chaos, and you want a meeting that justifies the suffering. Everyone's got their own little hell that they could descend into. Uh, then WWE Creative Humor tweeted, uh, Welcome to Matt Hardy's bogus journey. And it was interesting because as he was... Before that, I read that tweet, I was actually thinking of Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure uh, with Matt Hardy's character because you kind of see an influence there. I'm not sure if Matt Hardy has seen the movie or if he would acknowledge that, but I definitely got that feeling too. So it was interesting. WWE Creative Humor saw that as well. Uh, then this was really crazy. So the Hall of Presidents has a Donald Trump uh, character now that looks a lot more like John Voight than it does Donald Trump. Uh, so I thought that was pretty funny. Uh, then on Raw I was saying, uh, I think Dash Wilder spent too much time in catering during his time off. So he was injured, but when he came back on Monday Night Raw, it was the first time that we've seen the revival in a long time. He looked like he had packed on quite a few pounds, and not in a good way. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see what the WWE does with that. Uh, then WWE Creative Humor said, Tomorrow night, Hideo Watami debuts. Just pretend tonight didn't happen. Once we see the ratings, we'll be doing the same. Um, I don't know what the WWE will do with Hideo Watami. It's another superstar that they've kind of squandered. Uh, and they squandered him all the way back in NXT. They had a huge build-up for him, including Hulk Hogan being there for his signing. Um, and then, you know, he's had his share of injuries, there's no doubt about it, but I, I don't know, like, they just haven't really done anything with him. Uh, and now they're putting him on 205 Live, which I, I would hope by now that they would start to see that it's not the right place for everybody. You know, they've lost a few superstars now uh, coming up from NXT to 205 Live. 
namely Neville, um, you know, uh, A-double as well, Austin Aries. So, you know, there's a history of potentially really good superstars that they've kind of squandered by putting them on 205 Live, and I'm kind of disappointed to see that they're basically looking to do the same thing with Hideo Itami. Um, you know, it's it's kind of sad to see that they just don't seem to know what to do with those talents. And you could say the same thing right now with Shinsuke Nakamura on SmackDown. It doesn't seem like they're they're getting the most out of him. You could say the same that same thing for sure about uh, Bobby Roode. Uh, you know, the list goes on and on. There's a lot of people that they should have had on a much higher level by now. Uh, from NXT that they're just squandering. Sami Zayn, I think you could put on that same level. Finn Balor, um, you know, it, they're just being wasted. You know, Seth Rollins even, I would say at this point, has, has kind of fallen to that that point. Um, I just don't know what they're doing with a lot of their superstars. It seems like the only people that they are putting in the right positions right now are AJ Styles, um, you know, Braun Strowman, Roman Reigns, Brock Lesnar, maybe Kane. I would say Kane. Um, and that's about it. Everybody else, I feel like, is being underutilized and just used incorrectly. And it's a shame because they've got a lot of really good talent. Um, maybe the exception would be Elias. I think Elias they've used pretty well. Um, but, you know, he's the exception to the rule. The rest of them, I think, are, are falling under the rule right now. It's just. It's not working uh, with a lot of the superstars. And Hideo Tommy, unfortunately, it looks like he's going to join that list. If you watch 205 Live, which I did uh, the other night, he didn't really get a reaction. The crowd was pretty dead, and he ended up yelling throughout his match, respect me, over and over. And I don't think that that's going to help him or his character get over. Uh, so it just wasn't a good situation. And again, like, I don't understand why you build somebody up for so long with those promo packages to have him face somebody like Colin Delaney instead of having him debut in a much bigger way, have him compete against Enzo Amore, have him go straight for the title right away. It, it doesn't make any sense to me. Um, I think, you know, the same thing you could say about Asuka as well. You know, they had a huge promo package for her coming in. And I don't think anyone really cares when she comes out. There's really not much of a reaction when she's competing. There's not much of a reaction when she wins. There's not much of a reaction. The crowd just doesn't care. Um, and I can't blame them because there's not much that they're giving the fans to care about. Um, and I think that that's just bad booking. It's bad, uh, it's bad planning by the WWE. Uh, then there was this, and unfortunately I don't think this GIF is going to work either, uh, probably because we've had so much to talk about, it's taking so long for everything to load on here, um, but Matthew from Botchamania was saying, I think it's time for Kevin Dunn to switch to decaf, and the reason why he said that is Kevin Dunn is the guy that's in the control room for the WWE, and during this sequence where Samoa Joe is just laying into, uh, I believe, Seth Rollins uh, with punches left and right, he would go with a different camera angle for each punch. Uh, so I like that he needs to switch to decaf. I thought that was pretty funny. Uh, then Darren Dreger tweeted out, uh, there's a rumor of Gretzky buying into the Oilers' ownership. Those rumors aren't true, as you were. And I was saying, as for the Senators, however, no, you wish. Uh, of course, Senators fans would love to see Wayne Gretzky invest in the, oil in the Senators, but that's not going to happen either. Uh, then, you know, we've talked about two, here's number three. Again, this is so crazy to me, like ev literally every day there's somebody else that gets accused um, of, you know, sexual misconduct. And this one is probably the worst one in a, that we've seen. Uh, Silicon Valley actor TJ Miller, who's also in Deadpool, uh, accused of brutal sexual assault. Uh, the woman said, I was fully paralyzed uh, speaking publicly for the first time. So uh, out of everything that I've heard so far, that's probably going to be the ugliest accusation that I've, I've heard. And uh, yeah, like, I mean, it, 
it's crazy every single day you're seeing another person being accused and it's just it's heartbreaking number one for the victims to hear their stories uh, but also you know for a lot of people you want to like certain people you know um, and then you hear them do things like this and it you it's like flipping a switch you instantly dislike them um, and that's certainly the case with him Chris Matthews we talked about earlier I don't think anybody really cared about the Panthers owner on a personal level most people didn't even know who the hell he was um, but you know continuously you keep hearing about these people and it's absolutely heartbreaking in a lot of different ways but number one for the victims um, then there was this speaking of victims uh, Benjamin Ram tweeted out one of the most disturbing images I've ever seen this says a lot about our culture and our attitude towards nature so this was an article from the independent where in this rich neighborhood I believe in England they were getting so tired of birds shitting on their cars that they actually went so far as to put spikes on tree branches. I'm not making that shit up. It looks like icicles, but those are actually spikes to prevent birds from perching on the branches and shitting on their cars. Um, it's just an unbelievable, crazy story. Um, yeah, I mean, there's not much you could say. Then Clay Travis tweeted out, it's amazing to me that in a post-Harvey Weinstein era in Los Angeles, almost no one talked about Kobe Bryant being charged with rape and paying millions to potentially avoid going to jail when his jersey, and it was actually both jerseys, number 8 and 24, were retired last night. And I actually was surprised at the same thing. Again, you know, we're literally just talking about that, those three people just in the last few days. Uh, Kobe Bryant... Uh, you know, has, has a lot of things about him that have, you know, kind of like a dark cloud over him. Number one, how he treated his teammates, um, but also the, ra the, the rape accusations that came out against him that it seems like everybody's forgotten about. Um, it is kind of surprising that in today's climate that all of that got swept under the rug and, you know, they're there celebrating his career and retiring his numbers. Um, you know, it makes you wonder the future for people like Harvey Weinstein and, and others, Charlie Rose, etc., Matt Lauer, all those people, what their future is going to be five to ten years from now. Because if society can forget about what happened with Kobe Bryant, it's very possible that they might forget about these other individuals. And, uh, I don't know how anybody would react to that uh, because of how crazy those situations are, but you know, there's an example here of that exact thing happening. Uh, then there was a conversation on Tim and Sid about how creepy Elf, Elf on the Shelf is, um, and Tony Luongo took it to the next level. He says, Tim and Sid, is this creepy? Hashtag, I always feel like someone is watching me. <laughs> so I thought that was pretty good. Uh, this was also good. So uh, Christina Marlowe, who's Patrick Marlowe's wife, says Patrick and his boys after dinner, and his boys include Austin Matthews and Mitch Marner. So I thought that was pretty funny there. <laughs> um, then this was really interesting. Uh, Kyle B. at Driveline, Driveline Bases on Twitter, uh, tweeted out, that Tim Lynchcomb is looking to make a comeback and he's got an image of Tim Lynchcomb working out and Ken Rosenthal tweeted out what I was thinking who isn't rooting for a Lynchcomb comeback uh, that I think that would be great to see uh, you know he was somebody who was one of the greatest pitchers uh, you can maybe even argue of all time when he was with the San Francisco Giants and he was winning the Cy Young Award uh, you know it would be great to see him make a comeback and see what he could do um, you know, he's certainly not too old. You could definitely try it. Uh, it'll be very interesting to see what happens. Uh, then going to SmackDown last night, uh, WWE Creative Humor says, I love how Daniel Bryan always looks like he just left a thrift store. Uh, I thought that was pretty funny. Uh, Trish Stratus tweeted out, really interesting, there's nothing WWE women cannot do. It's been a long time coming. Can't wait for the first ever Women's Royal Rumble. Now, where are those boots? So... 
it looks like Trish Stratus uh, may be trying to enter the Women's Royal Rumble match. A very interesting situation with that Women's Royal Rumble match. Uh, I think some people might be wondering, well, how are they going to have 30 women competing? Uh, if you go back, they had that tournament recently, the Mae Young Classic. I'm sure they could tap on a few of those women to, to join. Uh, I'm sure there's a lot of uh, former wrestlers like Trish Stratus, maybe Lita, um, you know, that would be very interested in coming back for a one-night-only return to be a part of that Royal Rumble. Uh, it would be very fitting because obviously they were a major part of that history and, and getting to that point. So, you know, it would be very interesting to see that. Uh, then I thought this was really cool as image, Round Earth Shill. Uh, so for all those flat earthers out there, I thought that was pretty good. Uh, then I, it really made my day, and I was I was laughing out loud. I couldn't believe what I was hearing. Number one, because it got past the censors, but number two, because it doesn't seem like Vince McMahon even knows what this means. But Naomi, at one point when the Riot Squad came out, actually got the crowd to chant at them that they were chicken heads. <laughs> and I would bet you anything that the crowd that was chanting that and Vince McMahon himself have no idea what that means. Um, and it really did make my day. And I also said that Naomi just undid all of the work of the women's revolution uh, <laughs> with that chicken heads chant tonight. Uh, I was just dying laughing at that. And I was also kind of dying laughing at how Dolph Ziggler came back on SmackDown and you know was so excited that he won the U.S. championship. And they were showing images of him with the U.S. title back when he won the Intercontinental title. And I think, you know, he's celebrating mediocrity way too much. Did he win the world title at one point? Yes, but how many years has it been since he's won the world title? You know, again, he's another talent that you could put in with Hideo Itami that they've just misused, totally misused. And, uh, you know, this, this is a guy, Dolph Ziggler, that should be competing and I think would, would have some great matches against AJ Styles for the championship, you know. Uh, but for whatever reason... They're just not using them that way. And, uh, you know, I was wondering where this was going. Uh, and then at the end, I became interested because he put down the U.S. title. Um, you know, so either he's quitting or he's vacating the championship. Either way, it's interesting. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see where they go with it. They did get my interest with that. But... You know, again, I, I'm hoping that it takes Ziggler to another level. I would love to see Ziggler in the, the championship hunt for the WWE championship. Um, I really do feel like he's been held back a lot. Uh, you know, so it'll, it'll be interesting to see what they do with that. There's, there, to me, they could, they could really make it work for Ziggler, or they could continue to squander Ziggler. So it's really up to the writers what they're doing with that. Uh, then WWE Creative Humor pointed out that right after Ziggler did that with the championship, number one, nobody went to the ring to get the championship, which I thought Sami Zayn should have done. Um, but number two, right after that, it shows Daniel Bryan on, this, on his cell phone talking to somebody, not even aware of the fact that his U.S. champion just walked out. Uh, so I thought that that was pretty good catch there uh, by WWE Creative Humor. Then on a totally random brain-dropping... Uh, and this will probably only work for those of you watching and listening from Canada. But if you've seen the latest Boston Pizza commercial, it features a guy surrounded by his friends. Um, and his friends keep taunting him that he wore the same shirt that he's wearing right now a year ago when they had their Christmas party or whatever get-together they were having at Boston Pizza. So I was saying, it would be funny, you know, and I've been waiting for the second part of that commercial where the guy says, yeah, I just lost my job last year, you fuckheads. Uh, when they say he's wearing the same shirt from last year, then he gets up, slams his chair, and curses all the way to the door. And then his friends just say, well, fuck him. And then the announcer comes on and goes, um, gather round? And then whispers to his producers, that was pretty fucked up, wasn't it? Um, so, you know, obviously me being silly there, but... Again, I think the idea of that commercial is pretty silly. I don't think anybody sees that commercial and thinks it's that funny. Like, oh, you're wearing the same shirt from last year. Like, who cares? Like, it's stupid. I don't know where they got the idea for that commercial. So, of course, I had to poke fun at it. If you've never seen that commercial, you have no idea what the hell I'm talking about. That's okay. Uh, Billionaire Mindset tweeted out, You may see me struggle, but you'll never see me quit. 
uh, WWE Creative Humor tweeted out, it's counting down the moments until his time off, Randy Orton. Uh, so it's interesting that it's become public knowledge that Randy Orton's planning to take February and March off. Um, and it might explain what's going on with his hair. He just might be in I don't give a shit mode. Um, it seems that way. When, you, when you've watched him really the last few months, in addition to his hair, just the way he carries himself, he looks like somebody disinterested. Um, and, you know, if, if I was the WWE, really, I would maybe even force him to take some time off right now. Because if you look that disinterested in what you're doing, why would the, why would the fans be interested in what you're doing? Uh, and, it, and if anything, I think it's really kind of held back somebody like Shinsuke Nakamura as well. So, you know, it's it's weird. It's definitely a weird situation. Um, and then to finish up this podcast, just a few more thoughts. Uh, one of them on the Tax Cuts and Jobs Act, I was saying yes, because if you were a large corporation, let's say, and you received a tax cut from 36% down to 21%, you would raise wages and hire more employees or or you'd invest in AI research, artificial intelligence research to eventually fire more people and become more profitable. Which one of those seems more likely to you? Uh, then there was this, which I thought I, I thought I was seeing things when this happened, but it actually did happen. Somebody threw a bottle, a water bottle, at Callisto during 205 Live last night. Uh, I thought I was seeing that. I didn't even rewind it. I was like, no, there's no way that happened. But sure enough, that actually did happen, uh, confirmed by Matthew from Botchamania. Uh, Ken Rosenthal tweeted out, again, interesting with the Yankees, like they're continuing to try and improve themselves. Uh, the Yankees' talks with the Pirates on Garrett Cole have cooled since winter meetings, uh, so, but obviously they're very much in play going after a lot of different players. And speaking of the Giants and uh, making big moves, which we hinted at earlier, the Giants uh, have traded for Yvonne Longoria from the Tampa Bay Rays, uh, which is a huge trade. Uh, they're trading Arroyo and Span, but I think that is, that is a big trade for the San Francisco Giants to get uh, somebody like Longoria. And, you know, if you're a fan of the Marlins, if you're a fan of the Tampa Bay Rays, it's not really a good time to be a fan of baseball in Florida right now because uh, you're losing some of your best players. Uh, Longoria to the Giants is a huge move. Um, and, you know, it'll be interesting to see what happens as this offseason continues in baseball. But again... I want to wish everybody a happy holidays that's watching, that's listening to the podcast. Thank you guys, as always, for watching, and we will see you guys on the next episode.